be returning back to Luke chapter number 1 this morning. Luke chapter number 1 and continuing to look at the announcement of Jesus' birth. Last week we began looking uh, here in Luke chapter number 1 at the announcement of Jesus' birth and we took time uh, to make some considerations concerning Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, we looked last week at the purity of Mary. We looked at the suitability of Mary to fulfill the role of the mother of of the Messiah, and then we also considered Mary's humanity, and that although uh, Mary was the one who was chosen of God to be the mother of the Messiah, Mary's no different uh, than you and I. Mary is still a sinner in need of salvation. She was still a sinner in need of a Savior, and we looked at the humanity of Mary. Uh, uh, this week we're going to return to the passage, the same passage, and we're going to consider the conversation that took place uh, between Mary and and Gabriel there that day uh, when Gabriel came and told Mary that she was to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me if you would in Luke chapter number 1 and we'll begin our reading in verse number 26. The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus." He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it's good to be in your house. Lord, I've enjoyed the service. Lord, I've enjoyed the singing. I've enjoyed the worship. I've enjoyed the fellowship. Lord, I've enjoyed being here among your people. And Father, I thank you that you have made it possible that we can come together. Lord, I love this month. And Lord, as we come towards the celebration of your birth, and Lord, we sing the songs and we remember the story and we think about, Father, how you came to earth. Lord, you, the creator, the God of all the earth, the God of the universe, uh, humbled yourself and took on the body of a man and came and was born and lived among us, uh, Lord, that you might be able uh, to pay the debt that we owed to you. Father, I thank you for it. Uh, Lord, as we look into your word this morning, Father, I pray that your word will be alive. I pray, dear Lord, that it will speak to our hearts. Uh, Father, Lord, as we recognize uh, all that is in this conversation, 
nation. And Father, recognize how from the very beginning, oh Lord, you were exalted. And Father, I pray that as we look at this message that we also, oh Lord, will exalt you. Oh Lord, that we will magnify you. Lord, I pray if there be any here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, that Father, Lord, I pray that you will work in their hearts. I pray, dear Lord, that you will convict them. And Father, Lord, they will see their need, oh Lord, to make room in their heart for you. Lord, they will see the need, oh Lord, to come and find forgiveness at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Bless us now as we look into your word. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we come into this passage of Scripture and we see that Gabriel came from God with a message for Mary. There was something that God wanted conveyed to Mary and he sent Gabriel to bring that message to Mary. So we look at this, we see in verse 28 down through verse number 33, the holy message that Gabriel brought to Mary. It said there in verse number 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Here in this uh, message that Gabriel brought to Mary, I see two parts uh, of this message uh, that we want to look at this morning. First, I see in this holy message uh, the greeting that Gabriel gave to Mary. The greeting that Gabriel gave to Mary. In this greeting, uh, Mary is referred to uh, as being highly favored and blessed among women. He said, Hail thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou uh, among women. Gabriel referred to Mary as he greeted her as being someone that was highly favored and someone who was blessed among women. Often in reference to this passage, you will hear people use the phrase blessed and highly favored. Now many times ladies use this in regard to ladies' conferences and things like this. They'll have lady-themed meetings that'll be blessed and highly favored, speaking of women that follow God. And boy, that's definitely a very good application of this. But what does it mean to be blessed and highly favored. So whenever you consider these phrases, uh, uh, to be blessed and highly favored, uh, it means to be honored by God to such a degree that others will speak well of you. To be honored by God to such a degree that others will speak well of you. That is to be blessed and highly favored. Whenever we look at Mary, it is easy to see how this description fit Mary. She was honored by God in fulfilling the role of the mother of the Messiah and because of this, we still to this day speak highly of Mary. But did you know that every Christian, every born again Christian 
has been blessed of the Lord to such a degree that other people ought to speak well of us. Whenever people see the evidence of the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of us and being shown forth in our life, we are people who have been so blessed by God that when others see the change in our life, they will speak well of what is taking place in their life. To be blessed and highly favored is to be honored by God. To be blessed and highly favored is to be chosen of God. If God has chosen you to serve Him in any area, in any task, in any capacity, if God has chosen you, it is to be blessed and highly favored to be chosen of God. It is to be blessed and highly favored to be honored by God. It is blessed and highly favored to be chosen of God. It is blessed and highly favored to be used in the service of God. The angel said to Mary that she was blessed and highly favored, but I believe that every Christian who submits to the call of God and to the service of God can claim the title of being blessed and highly favored. Whenever I look at my life and I look at the goodness of God in my life and I look at the ways that God has bestowed himself upon me and the things that he has allowed me to do, the word of God that he has given me, the church that he allows me to serve in, the family that he has given me, uh, that all the blessings that God has given me, Brother C, I believe I can honestly say that I'm blessed and highly favored. Now, although many times because this was given to Mary, we use this in regard to ladies meeting, I believe any Christian who is honest about their life can say we're blessed and highly favored. The angel greeted Mary and greeted her as being blessed and highly favored. But second, when we look at this holy message, we see not only the greeting, but we see that in this message the angel gave Mary some things. He gave Mary some things in this message. First of all, we see that the angel gave to Mary reassurance of the source of of her calling. It said there in verse number 30, For thou hast found favor with God. Mary was concerned. She was troubled. She wondered, what kind of salutation was this going to be? Why is the angel visiting me? What kind of message is the angel bringing me? What kind of thing am I going to be told? And the angel said, I want to reassure you, what I'm getting to share with, getting ready to share with you is from God. I am reassuring you that the communication I'm bringing to you is the message that God gave to me to bring you. This is a message directly from God to you. Now, we do not encounter angels in this way as Mary encountered this angel. The Bible does teach that we do still encounter angels here on this earth and they are still the messengers of the Lord but we many times do not encounter them precisely as Mary encountered but we do have a message directly from the Lord and I want to say that anytime you are getting the message out of this book you can be reassured that it is practical, it is applicable it will work if you will apply it to your life Mary gets reassurance that the message that she's getting ready to hear is from God. The angel says, it may seem, sound a little strange. This may be a little unusual. This may not be what you're expecting. But before I share it with you, I want you to know that it is from God. You know what? If you have been someone who have followed the course of this world and the thinking of this world, or maybe you're someone who has recently been swayed and persuaded by some of the reasoning of this world, and then you go back 
back into this book, it may seem a little unusual. It may seem a little odd. It may seem that it doesn't apply to what the world is promoting as being true and correct. But let me assure you, it is from God. You see the thing that millions of people fail to remember is that we are His creation. Now there's a lot of things that you can question about the Word of God, disagree on and question concerning the things of God. But I believe there is something that is universally undeniable. Although there are those who try to deny it, I believe it is universally undeniable. If you have any common sense and ability to reason at all, I believe it is undeniable that we are here as the result of intelligent design. There is no other answer that makes sense. There is no other answer that you can reason together. The people have tried to teach the, the thought of evolution and, and the, the constant improving, but all of nature declares that that is not how our world works. All of nature declares that we are in a state of deterioration, not a state of improvement, and to try and teach evolution goes against all the laws of nature. Whenever you look at all the detail and all the intricate parts and pieces that God has put into this creation. There is no way it developed on its own. The only thing that makes sense, although it's beyond our understanding, although it's something our minds cannot comprehend completely, the only thing that makes sense is that there is somebody who is a whole lot bigger than we are and a whole lot greater than we are and far more intelligent than we are who has designed and created and placed us here on this earth. And whenever you recognize that, you realize if we're His creation, then we belong to Him. See, many people wonder, why, why is it that God would judge me for disobeying His law? I don't follow God. Well, the reason He would judge you for not following His law is because you belong to Him. He created you. He made you. He designed you. He gave you the breath of life. You belong to Him, and therefore you are responsible to conform to His law. And those who neglect Him, those who walk away from them, those who are careless, about the things of God, they find themselves facing the judgment of their Creator. We see here that God is the one who gives His Word. God is the one who tells us what it is and isn't that we should do. The angel comes to Mary and the angel says to Mary, what I'm getting ready to tell you might be a little odd. But I want you to know that it comes from God. And Mary could find reassurance in the source of her calling. Not only this, but we also see in this holy message uh, that there was a revelation of the substance of her calling, a revelation of the substance of her calling. Not only was it from God, but what is it that God was calling her to do? We see there in verse number 31, it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Mary, God has a job for you. And here is the job that God has for you. He wants you to bear a son for him. Now, if I could just throw in a little sideline right here. The Bible says that children 
are the heritage of the Lord. Now here in this instance, we understand that Mary was being asked to bear the Messiah. But you know what? Anytime God grants us the gift of a child, they're not ours. They're on loan from the Lord. And He has entrusted us he has entrusted us with the responsibility of raising His creation. I tell you what, if you get that mindset, it will totally revolutionize the way you go about raising your children. They're not mine. They belong to Him, and He entrusted me with them. I oftentimes tell my children, God must think a lot of me. They say, why is that? Because He let me be your dad. My goodness. I mean, look what a phenomenal kid you are. And God, let, God trusted me to raise you. He must have really thought a lot of me in order to put you into my care because they're not mine. There he is. We see here that the calling that was being given to Mary was that she was to bear a son. Not only did, was she reassured, not only was there a revelation of what she was being called to do, but there was a recognition of the son that she would bear. It said there in verse number 31, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now Jesus is Greek for the Hebrew name Joshua. Many don't know that, but that is the Greek. Jesus is Greek for the Hebrew name Joshua. And the name Joshua in Hebrew means Jehovah is salvation. Now this might mean a little bit to you, but it doesn't mean near to you what it meant to Mary. You see, Mary was a follower of the law of God. Mary was someone who was a follower of the prophecies of God. Mary was someone who understood that a Messiah was to be born. Mary was someone who attended uh, the feast and the rituals uh, where they sought for the Messiah. Mary was someone who knew that someday, somewhere, a Messiah would be born. Mary was a young lady who grew up among ladies who their only desire was to have a male child and the reason they wanted to have a male child was because they were a hope that that male child would be the redeemer. Mary grew up around ladies who this is what they talked about. This is what they dreamed about. That somebody someday would be the mother of the Messiah and oh what an honor it would be to be that mother and the angel said to Mary you're going to have a son and your son will be named Jesus which means Jehovah is Savior and Mary recognized at that moment that she was being called to be the mother of the Messiah. Boy, I'm telling you what, can you imagine the emotion that flooded over her as she realized that she had been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah? Can you imagine growing up all your life hearing people longing and wishing and hoping and praying that they would receive this honor and God bestows that honor upon you. We see here in this message that there was recognition. So we see that there was a greeting. There was see that she was gave some explanation. But then thirdly, we see in this message from the angel a description of the promised child. A description of the promised child. We see in verse number 32 the greatness of his ministry. In verse number 32 it says there, He shall be Great. We see here, I believe, that the angel is revealing to Mary the impact that Jesus is going to make. You know what? There has never been another person 
before or after the Lord Jesus Christ that has made the impact that Jesus made. 33 and a half years of life here on this earth uh, and he impacted this world as the choir sang, everything changed that night. Uh, everything turned around. Uh, everything was changed. Uh, everything became better uh, because Jesus was born. The angel said, I want you to know this son that you're about to be born. He shall be great. Now we could preach another entire message uh, digging into the word of God about uh, the greatness uh, of our Savior. And we may come back to that at some time, but we have to move on this morning if we're going to get finished. We see though that the angel spoke of the impact Jesus would make. Uh, we see that not only did he speak of his in impact, uh, but in verse number 32 he went on in the description. He said, he shall be great uh, and shall be called the Son of the highest. First, we see the greatness of his ministry, but second, we see the godlikeness of his humanity. In other words, we see here his divinity. Not only will he be great, but the Bible says he shall be called the Son of the Highest. In other words, he will be the Son of the Almighty God. In other words, this child that you are about to bear, Mary, will be a human in appearance, but he will be God in his spirit. This is God in flesh. This is the Savior of the world. We see his impact. We see his divinity. But then we see in this description also the glory of his kingdom. It says in verse number 32, And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over, that, reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. We see here that the angel in his description of the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of his eternity. His eternity. This child that you're about to bear will be great. This child that you're about to bear is divine. And this child that you're about to bear will live forever. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. You know what? Down through the portals of time, over and over and over and over, wicked men have tried to stop the kingdom of the Almighty God and instead of stopping it, they only strengthen it and it grows and it flourishes and it gets bigger. There is no stopping the kingdom of the Almighty God. There are those who doubt. There are those who doubt that Jesus is the Savior. There are those who believe that he was a historical figure but they doubt that he was the Savior. I believe whenever you look at how diligently the devil and mankind have tried to stop this story and how unaffectedly it continues to flourish. That in and of itself convinces me that there's something different about this man. There is something different about this man. We see here in this description the greatness of his ministry the godlikeness of his humanity and the glory of his kingdom. As we look at this conversation, we see first the holy message that the angel gave to Mary, but secondly in this conversation, we see that Mary answers the angel with a human impossibility. You know what? Oftentimes whenever God comes to us with his idea, our response is our inability. 
And that's not a bad place to be. If we recognize right off the bat that this is bigger than we are, then there's a real good chance that God's going to be able to use us. Whenever we think that, oh yeah, God, I can handle that, then God might need to humble us a little bit before He can use us. And many times, though, we answer with our inability. And Mary answers with a human impossibility. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, before I move on, I'm going to just... I'm just going to make a little note here for y'all to take note of. Last week, we looked at Mary's purity. Mary was a virgin. The Bible mentions multiple times Mary was a virgin. The angel came and said to Mary, Mary is a spouse to Joseph. The spousal normally lasted about a year. I'm not sure where at she was at in the espousal. The espousal was at times much like our engagement when she was promised to be married to Joseph, uh, but the wedding was not until a later date. And so there was no consummating the marriage until after the wedding. Now the angel comes to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to bear a son. And Mary said, there's no way that's going to happen because I don't know a man. Now in a carnal mindset, this isn't a difficult thing to overcome, is it? We can take care of that tonight. Mary said, that's not going to happen until after the wedding. That's still several months out. So how's this going to happen? I'm telling you what, whenever you think about the purity of Mary, she said, that, that's not going to happen. That, that can't happen. Wedding, wedding's not for three more months, angel. So uh, I don't know how this is going to happen because we're not going to violate uh, our purity uh, until after the wedding. We're, we're not going to do this until after the wedding, so how are we going to get around this? Mary said, how's this possible when I don't know a man? Mary was not rebellious. She was not unsubmissive to the will of God, but she seen an obstacle that she didn't know how to get around. But you know what? I thank the Lord that he's bigger than any obstacle that we might face. Whenever, whenever the Lord comes to you and he says, this is what I want you to do, do you know he's already thought through all the problems you're going to come up with? Uh, he already knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you're capable of. He knows exactly what obstacles you're going to face. Uh, and he's already thought through all of that before he ever comes to you. And when he comes to you and you say, Lord, but what about? He's already got the answer because he knows exactly who you are. We see here in Mary's situation, just as in every situation where God desires to use us in his kingdom, he doesn't look for our qualifications, but he looks for our willingness. Boy, I tell you what, I thank the Lord for that. You know why I'm thankful for that? Because there's not a single one of us this morning who is qualified to serve the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. None of us is qualified. None of us meet the expectations that would be required. But he said, I don't require you to be qualified. I just require that you be willing. And if you are willing, I will work through you in ways that you never thought possible. I remember doing some work on a house one time and there was a guy there helping us and the guy helping us, he uh, was a bit of a musician and we was having to clean some stuff out of a back corner of a basement so we could get in there and do some work on the pipes and things. And as we was cleaning this stuff out, we pulled out an old kid's guitar, about this long, had one nylon string on it. Well, wow, this ain't much of a guitar. We set it to the corner. We continue working. Well, this guy that was somewhat of a musician, he goes over and picks that thing up. 
twang, 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 twang. And then, man, I mean, he cut loose and made more music out of a one-string guitar than I ever heard. I mean, he was all up and down that neck, making all kind of music. I looked at the guitar and said it needed thrown away. But whenever the musician got a hold of it, we found out that it was capable of far more than we ever realized. You know what the same is true of you and I? Mankind looks at you and I and says they're worthless, they're not going to accomplish anything. God says you be willing and I'll do more through you than you ever thought possible. I can work through you. We see here he doesn't look for qualifications, he looks for willingness, he doesn't look for strength, he looks for submissiveness. He can overcome every shortcoming, every weakness, and every inability. If we're willing, he will show the way as he does here for Mary. If you look in verse 35 down through verse number 37, you see the angel reveals the answer to this dilemma will be found in a holy miracle. In verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Here in this passage I see that the angel gave three things to Mary in answer to her dilemma. First of all, we see that the miracle is explained. And boy, we could get into a lot of detail here, but the angel explained to her, Mary, what's getting ready to happen to you? is a lot bigger than you. Mary, this is beyond human capability. Mary, what's getting ready to take place is a work of the Holy Ghost. Mary, don't you worry about it. God's got it. You just trust Him and He will take care of it. He explains that the Holy Ghost would come upon her and the power of the highest would overshadow her and that that which was born of her would be the Son of God. Not only was the miracle explained we see in verse number 36 that her doubts were erased. Isn't it wonderful how God, how God offers strength? You know, something that parents are really famous for saying. They'll tell a child to do something or behave in a certain way or to go a certain place, and the child will say, why? And the parent will say, because I said so. I mean, that's the end of the argument, right? You don't need an explanation. I said so, you do it. There's no need for any further. But you know what? Our father is a much better father than most of us were. Because Mary said, I'm concerned about this problem. And the Lord said, don't worry about the problem. I can handle the problem. But just to strengthen your doubts a little bit, you know Elizabeth? She knew Elizabeth. Elizabeth is up in years. She was an elderly lady. And Elizabeth had wanted a child her whole life. And her and her husband John had prayed their whole life for children. Now they were too old to have children. And Mary knew, knew her cousin Elizabeth very well. Said, you know Elizabeth? Yes, I know Elizabeth. Elizabeth's with child. She's been with child for six months. If God can give Elizabeth a baby, he can give you a baby. He confirmed her doubts. He erased her doubts. Then we see that the power of God was exalted. The angel said, if you still have any doubts, in verse number 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. You know what? I believe sometimes we need to commit this verse to memory. Because although we say it, we sure don't live it, do we? All of us have a statute of limitations, so to speak, on what God can do. God can do this much and then that's it. God can, God can make it to here, but I really think that's too big for God if you go beyond there. He said, Mary, with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. God can do what he wants to do.
In verse number 38, we find that Mary responds to the angel with an humble mind. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. You know, if we look at this just quickly, humility is exhibited in our submission to God's will. Mary said, there's still a lot of things I don't understand. There's still a lot of questions in my mind. But Lord, if that's what you want, I'm here. Reminds me of the prophet said, here am I, Lord. Send me. You know what? Oftentimes whenever the Lord calls us, we quickly come up with all kind of reasons why it can't be me. God said, I've already thought of all those reasons. All I want you to do is say, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Behold, the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. You want it from me, you've got it from me. I am yours. Mary had an humble mind, and she submitted to God's will. This morning, as we look at this message that God sent to Mary, I wonder if there's something that God's been working on your heart about. I wonder if there's something that God's came to you about and said, here's an area of your life that you need to work on. Here's an area of your life where you need to grow. Here's an area of your life where I'd like to see you do more. Here's an area I'd like to see you begin to serve. Here's an area in your life where, where I believe you could do more for me. And up to this point, you've just been giving obstacles. Lord, I'd love to, but... Lord, I'd like to, but... Thank you, Lord, for asking me, but... And the Lord is all he's wanting for you to say is, Behold, the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, submitted to the will of God. Let's all stand to our feet. Miss Debbie will come to the piano. As Miss Debbie plays this morning, if the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, maybe there's an area where you need to surrender to the will of God in your life. You come to this altar and do business with the Lord. If there's someone here this morning that's never accepted the Lord as your Savior, I'd like to invite you. Come to this altar. And allow the Lord to do a work in your life. Amen. It's been good to be in the Lord's house. Good to have each one of you here this morning. I pray the Lord blessed you, spoke to you, ministered to you through the service this morning. Do your best. Be back again this evening, 6 o'clock, and we'll worship the Lord again together. Brother Colin, would you pray and ask the Lord's blessings we dismiss?
Thank you.